Hello, welcome to episode two of Claw Talk. I'm your host, Andre Morton. And today, guys, we have a big episode in store for you guys today. We have a lot of wide range of topics that we want to talk about because this week has been a huge week for the sports world, as far as the NBA and NFL in particular. And I want to discuss all the topics that are going on this week. First, I'm going to get off to talking about the J.J. Watt. Um, he's made his decision where he wants to play. I'll begin getting into the contract details along with my opinion on if I think that was the right move. I also want to get into Dak Prescott. We got some updates on that Tuesday night. I want to get into those details and if it looks like a deal will be done by March 9th. And I know you all were watching Steph Curry versus Damian Lillard Wednesday night. That right there was a huge showdown. So I want to get into those two epic players in that showdown and what that means going forward. All right, guys, let's get into it. J.J. Watt has decided to sign a two-year, $31 million deal to play for the Arizona Cardinals. Woo! This was an excellent deal for J.J. Watt money-wise. I also feel like it's not a bad football move for him also because he has J- I mean Chandler Jones on the other side helping him out. But I feel like he could have made a better move. There was a lot of other teams out there that would have been in a better position for him. But I can understand where he's coming from, where he, why he went there. Having your ex-teammate DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the ball, along with Kyler Murray, that does give you a lot more welcoming to go to that team and play for them. So I can understand why he made that move. But the Cardinals, they right now, they, they're in a rebuild mode on the defensive side with the secondary going down. Now Patrick Peterson, he's now out in free agency. It's looking like he might leave. And then, you know, they lost Tyron Matthew years ago, so they don't have really a, any depth in their second, in their safety positions. And, you know, up in the linebacker position, they can also use some depth there. So I think that if you look at that team right now, as far as the defensive side of the ball, I feel like they got a lot of work cut out for them. But if they can get that all together and pull those pieces together, they can easily, easily make a run to the NFC Championship and possibly even to the Super Bowl and win the whole thing because – you got two elite pass rushers up front, and you can get a secondary together along with their offense and as well as they played last year. I think they definitely got a chance. And you're also getting a guy in J.J. Watt who averaged five sacks last year along with 101 over his career, so you're getting a stud. Next, let's get over there to Dallas with the Dak Prescott fiasco that has been going on for three years. It was reported Tuesday night by Adam Scheffler that Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys had reached a small improvement in contract negotiation talks. To any Dallas Cowboys fan or just Dak get alone, that is positive news considering the fact that the two sides have pretty much been quiet about the whole thing so far. Honestly, I think a deal won't be done by March 9th, which is the deadline for teams to reach a deal or franchise tag players. I believe that they will franchise tag him, and I I also wouldn't be surprised if Jerry Jones begins to start filling calls for Dak Prescott or reaching out to teams. You got to think, you're entering this year with Dak wanting three-year $40 million. You can only imagine that the price would be be up going up considering the fact that next year his franchise tag is going to be at 50 million and then if they don't franchise tag him he can hit the free agency. So now if you're Dak Prescott, you're going into this year thinking if I ball out, I can either get franchise tag for 50 mil or I can raise my price from 40 mil to 45 or even try to take a risk of going about 48 to 50 mil. And if you're Jerry Jones, the way that the roster has been structured, mistakes that he has made within the team, signing Jalen Smith, Leo Collins, that crazy contract that he gave to Demarcus Lawrence and Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, giving a running back $90 million, that is crazy. And the money that he's been tossing out, the Dallas Cowboys are not in the position to play hardball with Dak Prescott. So they, I feel like if you're Jerry Jones, 
you either throw him an offer, like I said in the last show, somewhere around 200 million, 150 guarantee, and go from there, or you tell him franchise tag you and I'm gonna trade you. You can get somebody better. You can get a, a better option. You know, there's some, there's some people out there. Deshaun Watson, he's he's requesting a trade. Russell Wilson, there's some updates that just came out of there that I will discuss later. I mean, next in the show. And you also, you know, you got other things out there. So you can also draft a quarterback. So I think that they get, they get, he got a lot of options if it doesn't work out with Dak Prescott. I also want to get into some update news on Deshaun Watson I mean, on the Russell Wilson topic. Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks have come out yesterday with and said that they are fielding trade offers for Russell Wilson. What does this mean? This does not mean that a trade will get done. This is mean that they're going to hear what they what other teams have to offer, and if they like what they see, then a trade could get done. But I think ultimately, Russell Wilson. I think he's going to stay in Seattle. I think Seattle is home for him. I would love to see him, you know, go to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, or I would love to see him go to the Chicago Bears. I mean, it's just a team that is structured and ready to win, and a team that is not too far from winning, or just a couple of pieces away. And look at his list, you know, those those are some teams on his list also. So you got to look at what, what he wants and fits it what he needs. Next, let's get into the Deshaun Watson topic. Deshaun Watson is still hoping and requesting that the Houston Texans trade him. It was reported just three hours ago before I started filming this show that the Chicago Bears are the team that are offering him the most right now. Now, it's unknown what they're offering out on their side to the, the Texans, but we do know that the starting price was at least three first-round picks, so we do know it had to be more than that that they offered him. Wednesday night, the sports world received a treat with the epic showdown between Stephen Curry and Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers ended up winning in a nail-biter, 108-106. The win Wednesday now moves Portland to 20-14 on the season, and the loss by Golden State moves them down to 19-17. Damian Lillard ended up finishing with 22 points, shooting 6-17 from the field, along with 5 rebounds and 6 assists, while Steph Curry finished with 35 points, shooting 13-28 for with 7 rebounds and 5 assists. These two guys put on a show for the whole world on national TV. But Damian Lillard came out on top, even though he only shot 35% from the field versus Stephen Curry, who shot 46%. If you look at these two players, I think Curry is the best. And then you make that you can make that argument that Damian Lillard is right behind him. Damian Lillard really is the biggest underrated player in the NBA as far as the guards position. I think he deserves way more credit than he has been receiving. But I don't think you can put Stephen, put him over Stephen Curry. You got to look at Stephen Curry. Since he came in the league, every year Stephen Curry's average over 40%, 40 to over 40% from the three-point line. And he gives you so much at the guard position that Damian Lillard can't. His shooting abilities is better. He's a better handler. He can feed guys. You know, he just brings it all to the table. And Damian Lillard can also do the same things. But I'm just saying I would rather take Stephen Curry over Damian Lillard any day. All right, guys, let's go out there to New York. Where my New Yorkers at? I know I got some New Yorkers that listen to this, uh, this podcast. Let's go out to New York with the Knicks, who are currently sitting at the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. That's right. I'm going to say this one more time. The New York Knicks are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Have we even, when is the last time we even, this point in the season, been able to say the Knicks are in the playoff hunt? They are in playoff mode. They're in playoff spot right now. 
They have a record of 19 wins and 18 losses. Any New Yorker right now has to be happy because the Knicks, this, this point in the season, have this many wins, and they're holding that fifth spot within the, in the conference. If the playoffs ended today, the Knicks would be in the playoffs. But we can, we, can just, we can just take a moment to just see how bad the East is right now. Like a team, get along the Knicks, are in the playoff contention with 19 wins and 18 losses. Like, I, I, I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer, but that is like, that is absurd to me. The fact that a team that is 19 and 18 and that high up in the, the conference rankings with the fifth spot, that just shows you how bad the Eastern Conference is this year. But I don't want to take away from the fact that Julius Randle, he is playing like a stud this year. He's averaging 23.2 points, five and a half assists, and 11-point rebounds to sh with a 48% shooting from the field. That's pretty impressive for him. But the Knicks don't get as much credit for me because really they are only there are only four good teams in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Bucks, the 76ers, the Nets, and maybe you can make an argument for the Celtics. You can say that the, the Celtics and the Knicks either one, but I feel like those other three teams, you can definitely put them above them. I do believe that they will make the playoffs this year because there isn't as many teams that can compete standing-wise in the Eastern Conference with the Knicks. As right now, the Knicks are on a, like a, they're on a groove. They're getting their confidence, and they're, they're winning games. They're finding a way to win games. I don't feel like there's any team other than those four teams that I just announced that can override them in the standing. So I feel like everybody has kind of dropped. You look at the Pacers, they traded Oladipo. That was on a team that was in the position where they could have been better than the Knicks. You look at the, the Toronto Raptors, the past three years, they've been falling off one by one. They lost Gasol, they lost Kawhi. I mean, they're just losing people each year. They've kind of fallen off, so I don't think they can give them a run. So I feel like they want to sit comfortably within that fifth, sixth seed. They might even drip, They might even go up to that fourth seed because I feel like Boston, they got so many problems out there that we don't know for sure if Boston's going to really, really, really be able to get over the hump. All right, y'all. Let's get out there to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers traveled over to Sacramento Wednesday night, Wednesday night to play the Kings with the LeBron James and Anthony, Dav Anthony Davis-led led Lakers. The Kings ended up winning 123 to 120. Buddy Hill led all players with 29 points, six rebounds, and six assists, while Dennis Schroeder led the Lakers with 28 points, nine assists, and one rebound. Now I'm asking myself two questions when I look at this game and I look at the way that they ended. Is this a good Sacramento team or is this a bad Lakers team? Because a, a team without the two best players, LeBron and AD, you barely beat them by three points. Like, Come on, you should have. It should have been a blowout because you don't have LeBron James or Anthony Davis and the Lakers that they've been struggling all season. We all know that the Lakers will get better as soon as LeBron James and Anthony Davis get back on the court. But man, you guys at you guys at least gotta beat the team that you're supposed to beat. Frank Vogel, though, I must admit, Frank Vogel has his work cut out for him this with this team this year. Like this is what this went. They went from a championship contender team now a team that is struggling to keep players healthy at one because we have Anthony Davis and LeBron James who are going through some injuries. And we also have Dennis Schroeder who just came back who's dealing with COVID-19. So it's some, it's some things that is knocking, us, knocking them out from being a good team like they want to be. But I just, see, I just see from the effort compared to last year that this team is not is the same. This team is not structured the same like they were last year. Last year they had the heart Last year, they, they had the spirit. They had the, the bond. This year, it feels like it's more like a fatigue, less effort, and less spirit. 
Like, Gasol looks old and tired. Kuzma can't give you consistent numbers every night. And can barely, and can someone please tell me, somebody please tell me, where is Wesley Matthews? Like, where has he been? Like, I'm about to put out an APB for, for Wesley Matthews because I feel like he's disappeared. Like, seriously, you played 16 minutes the other night and you had zero points. That is as much as I had Wednesday night. And, I, and I, you actually played. I didn't play. Not to mention the disrespect Vogel is putting over starting Damian Jones, a guy that the Lakers just acquired who had zero points on 15 minutes over Montrez Harrell, who has been balling all season, who had 26 points and 12 rebounds coming off the bench. Like Vogel, wake up. Get it together. And as you guys know, I like to end my shows with a good, wild suggestion. So here's my suggestion that I think should happen. I'm going to go over to Los Angeles with the Lakers. The Lakers got to get better now. They got to they gotta find somebody that's going to get them over this hump that's going to help them. So I think the trade that everybody's been talking about, which is nothing new, the Lakers should trade for Bradley Beal. I think that that's a trade that the Lakers should pursue and do because Bradley Beal can bring so much to the Lakers' offense as far as giving you some shooting, some defense. He can get his own buckets to take the pressure off of LeBron because LeBron, he looks tired out there. He looks like he needs some help. And Anthony Davis, he's not, he's not Pelican Anthony Davis. He's like he's Los Angeles Laker Anthony Davis, where he's gonna give you some buckets. You know, he's gonna give you buckets, and like he's still gonna give you his 20, 25 points, but it's not like it's not like how it was in, in the Pelicans days when he was there. Like he was a dom he was dominant. Like he was like, you gotta go get Anthony Davis. Now he's just like, yeah, he's Anthony Davis. He's still gonna give you the one and a half, two blocks per season and you know defense and offense but we need to add a third they need to add a third guy to the table and I feel like bringing in a guy like Bradley Bill now what what should you give up for Bradley Bill I think the Lakers should give up Kyle Kuzma and two first round picks if it takes it three th- first round picks hey if you got to give up another player let's move let's move Taylor Horton Tucker but I feel like they got to go all in with this trade if they're going to get Bradley Bill and I feel like Kyle Kuzma is the guy that got to be on the first of the list to go because Kyle Kuzma has been with the Lakers for about four or five years and he still has not come out of his shell and be consistent, be a consistent baller. He hasn't done it all season. He hasn't done it all year. He hasn't done it his whole time in LA. So I feel like it's time for the Lakers to accept the fact that Kyle Kuzma, he just doesn't fit in our scheme. Now, I'm not saying Kyle Kuzma can't be a star. I feel like if you look at Kyle Kuzma's game, I feel like he has all the potential to become an all-star if he goes somewhere else, just like Brandon Egram. Brandon Egram, it's just, when you come to Los Angeles, you're, you're put with so much expectations. You got two years, pretty much, if you're a draft pick. You got two years to show us, or show the Lakers, or the Lakers organization, that you are that guy, or you can become that guy. And if you don't, if you don't show it within those two years, consistently at least, then they're ready, they're ready to get rid of you in LA. And I feel like with Kyle Kuzma, he's had, he's overstayed his welcome. He's had plenty of times to, to show consistency and show that he, he can, can be in LA, compete in LA. You know, the, being in Los Angeles in those bright lights, that can be hard for a player. And I, I understand that. And I feel like if you look at, also look at Julius Randle, uh, he's out there where I talked about him early in the show. He's out there in the New York Knicks. 
when he was in Los Angeles, he wasn't really doing much. And now you look at him in the Knicks, 23.2 points. They're in playoff form. He's looking like an all-star. You look at also D'Angelo Russell, he went off and went to the Nets. He succeeded. Now he's in Timberwolves and he's still succeeding. So it doesn't it, it doesn't mean that these players can't be stars. It just means that when you come to Los Angeles, I feel like the pressure is not for them players. It's too much pressure, it's too much hype, and it's too much expectations thrown on them that Los Angeles, that a market like them, as big as they are, is not for those guys. And I feel like if he goes over there to Washington, I feel like he would do a great job because he would be the center of attention now. Him and Westbrook, you'll have an offense where he now, you can find ways to get him involved. He has more touches, more abilities to shoot, and it'll be a, it'll be less expectations on him to be great. So I feel like it'll work out good for him if he goes there too. And you're also, if you're looking at Washington, you're getting two first round picks where you have two shots at getting a guy to bring in to, to help build your roster for the future. But that's just my wild suggestion. I hope you guys have a great day. Please stay safe again with COVID-19. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. I'll be back with you the following Monday with another episode. You guys stay safe. Thank you guys so much.